Hey, it's Andrew, and I wanted to thank you for listening to the Door County Pulse podcast. Did you know that you can subscribe to the Door County Pulse podcast on Apple Podcasts or Pocket Casts or wherever you get your podcasts to have new episodes delivered to your feed twice a week on Wednesday and Friday? All you have to do is pick up your phone, navigate to your podcast app, and search for Door County or Door County Pulse podcast and click subscribe. If you're a longtime listener or if this is your first episode, we hope you enjoy the Door County Pulse podcast. Hello and welcome to the Door County Pulse podcast, where each week we talk with the writers and editors of the Peninsula Pulse about the stories you can find in this week's issue. I'm Andrew Clyden, and I'm joined today by Miles Danhausen, writer and editor for the Peninsula Pulse. How's it going, Miles? It's going really good, Andrew. Good. So just a couple quick things this week. We're going to talk about an event coming up, and then after the break, we have uh, kind of a follow-up to uh, the Quarry RV Park story that we had talked about a couple weeks ago on the podcast. So yeah, take a little deeper dive into that and let people know where things are heading. Yeah, there was just a meeting this week. Uh, so we've got the results of that meeting, what that means, and then also, you know, what moves the story along, what to look forward to in the future with it. But why don't we just jump into the upcoming event? So Pond Hockey is coming in February. Yeah, uh, we are gearing up for the Door County Pond Hockey Tournament. I think it's year eight. Of this event, seven of this event um, on Kangaroo Lake. And yeah, we were just having a meeting this morning. That goes on all day Saturday, February 8th, Kangaroo Lake, a dozen rinks about <laughs> um, on the ice there. Um, people can come out and, and watch it or partake. We still have a couple slots open for our open A division, which is like the, the top division of it. Um, it's it's a lot of fun. It's I don't know if have you been down there yet since yeah. you moved up here. Yeah. Oh yeah, I've been up there every year since I got here doing some like film stuff. Um, it's a really cool production. If you haven't seen it before, you guys like take Kangaroo Lake and you create like like you said a dozen ice rinks on it to play hockey with. Are all of the teams uh, local teams, or do people come from all over the place to create teams and, and play? No, there's only like maybe three to four teams that are primarily made of like local guys. Otherwise, it's a lot of Chicago, a lot of Madison, um, and a few from the Green Bay, Fox Valley area, and Milwaukee. So it's people. It, it's such a cool version of hockey because it's it's different than what you'd watch on TV with the big goal and the big net. It's pond hockey, which is like a a small goal on the ice with like two holes in this kind of wooden goal. Yeah, it's like a cardboard box, basically. Yeah. That you kind of shoot into. It's very small. It's not a huge net or anything. Yeah. So it's not like body checking and stuff like that. It's uh, it's a lot of finesse, a lot of really cool stick handling. Um, quickness plays a bigger role. The rinks are smaller. So it's like nonstop action. Uh, a goal might be scored. They get the puck out of the goal and they're just coming back the other way right away. Yeah. So it really doesn't slow down. The guys who play, you know, it's, it's an exhausting 30 minute game. It's it's really cool to be out on the ice, but also like if you're just going to like enjoy the atmosphere, uh, there's food, there's drinks, there's all sorts of stuff. Uh, just it's kind of a fun way to get out right in the middle of winter and just hang out with everybody too. Yeah, and, and like a lot of people don't spend much time on Kangaroo Lake in the summertime, um, let alone getting out there in the winter. It's I love the setup is hard. Luckily, Brian Fitzgerald uh, takes most of the brunt of that. But going down there, you're you're setting up these rinks and working out in the cold and stuff. But it's also beautiful out there. Like the 
the winter time on Kangaroo Lake, hanging out out there, setting up those rinks, and watching the sunset at the end of the day is yeah. pretty awesome. The weather has always been really great too. Always usually sunny and clear skies, and it's just it's a good time. You guys need more volunteers this year? Yeah. Um, if you're interested in volunteering, you can email us at info at peninsulapacers.com. Um, we're looking for people to do scorekeeping shifts, which might be a couple games. Some people do it all day. They just love being out there. Um, you get great swag for helping out. Um, and then, uh, you know, we need more help putting the rinks together before the event and breaking down at the end of the event. There's all sorts of ways we can accommodate anybody who wants to help. So Great. if you want to help, uh, check us out, doorcountypondhockey.com. Uh, we're also on Facebook. And like I said, email us at info at peninsulapacers.com. Cool. Okay, Miles, why don't we take a break? And then when we come back, we're going to jump into this Cory RV Park story again, uh, talk about the meeting and see where we're at. Grace, there is nothing that I love more than lighthouses and state parks. Oh my gosh, no way, me too. I just wish that there was, I don't know, some sort of way that I could capture my love for those things in a physical way that maybe I could put on the wall or something. Well, you are in luck, my friend. If you visit DoorCountyPulse.com slash shop, you can find exactly those items. You mean we actually put together a series of state park posters and an incredible collection of lighthouses all in one piece of artwork that you can buy online? That we did, Andrew, that we did. I didn't know that we had an online shop. What else can I get there? You can also buy some Paul stickers, Door County Living stickers. You can subscribe to Door County Living or the Peninsula Pulse if you are not in Door County. You can buy our annual door wedding guide. And you can also buy uh, lighthouse postcards if you do not want the full poster, but might want to add a little something something in your gift package. I'm looking at the shop right now and I just noticed that we have Peninsula Pulse hats with the dog logo and everything. Grace, I think I am sold. Where can I go to find all of this stuff one more time? www.doorcountypulse.com slash shop. Some news this week. Uh, Miles, you came into the office pretty ragged after a, what, a six-hour meeting in Sturgeon Bay? This was the longest meeting for one topic that I've ever had to cover. Long for a reason. It's, it's most people will probably know that there is a, there is a proposal for a 117-unit RV park at the Old Stone Quarry across from George Pinney Park on Bayshore Drive, a couple miles north of Sturgeon Bay. Kind of, for, for people who are pretty familiar with the area, it's sort of, iconic's not the right word, but it's, it's a, such a familiar site there where the old Latham Smith Quarry was, and there's just a big rock wall. Some people think that's a natural phenomenon, but no, that was all created by quarrying back in the 1800s, early 1900s. The, the location has not been operating as a quarry since 1944, for the most part, I think. Um, maybe some intermittent stuff uh, since then, but uh, full-time as a quarry since then. And it's just kind of sat there. And then about 20 years ago, they really there used to be a boat launch across the way, and it was a pretty undeveloped park. And about 20 years ago, they put a ton of work into it and made it a really nice boat launch and park um, kind of below the quarry. But the quarry itself has always been privately owned. This is maybe 
maybe the most controversial thing that I've seen up here since I came up. And, and there's been a lot of controversies here and there. Maybe the one that I can think of that was a little bit more passionate than this one was the Dollar General one. But that one came and went so quickly. It's not gone yet. Well, the, the initial turnaround, like from proposal to first meeting, was, yeah. was very quick. So people kind of got their energy out and then it quieted down. This one, I've seen signs on the road against it. There's a whole, like, group that has come together against it. Uh, we did a whole podcast on this a couple of weeks ago, so if you really want to dig in and learn more about it, you can listen to that one. But definitely a lot of passion behind this one on both sides. How did the meeting turn out? Well, I wouldn't even say there's passion on both sides. There's a proposal and then a very well-organized group fighting against it. Um sparked mainly by people who are neighboring property owners, but also a lot of people countywide who don't want to see that property developed. They've put money behind it. They created a website right away. They told me that they only found out about it because a contractor at a neighboring house happened to blab and say, hey, that new development's really going to affect you guys. And this person's like, what new development? And that's how they found out that this was in the Hmm. works. And that's why they were able to get a website up and start a campaign and really get some word of mouth out early that this was coming down the pike. The developers are Mike Parent and Tom Gels. They've built other things around the county. If you're familiar with Heritage Lake Resort in Egg Harbor, that was also built by uh, Mike Parent about 30 years ago. That also was a much smaller quarrying operation before they built that park. That one, or park uh, development, that one's about 270 units. And so if you want to get an example of something somewhat similar, they're not the same type of thing, but it's kind of the same size kind of houses and stuff like that. Uh, that's outside of Egg Harbor on Harbor School Road. If you go back there, you're not going to see a big traffic jam. And that even in peak season. So this development, 117 units, there's been several different key reasons why people are very worried and very concerned. Traffic impacts on the road there. There are kind of disruption of this classic look of that stretch of land and that park. And water quality concerns are a big one. Yeah, it was a big hunk of stone and karst topography. And there's a lot of questions about whether or not, like, if there is a problem with the stormwater runoff from all that impervious surface, where does it go? How does it impact neighboring property owners? When they're developing this property and doing a lot of blasting, because it's all rock, so they're going to have to do a lot of blasting, Is that going to impact other properties around there and um, disrupt the basements and the structural integrity of the surrounding properties? So what was proposed for the meeting? How many people showed up and how did it kind of shake out? So this was the first uh, meeting on this development. The way it works, Town of Sevastopol is they fall under the jurisdiction of countywide zoning. So the developer submits the plan to the county resource planning commission. They review it. Once everything's in order, they send that to the town, and the town plan commission reviews it first. That The town plan commission doesn't make a decision so much as they make a recommendation. And they, they, they review the plan. The public has a chance to talk. They vote what kind of recommendation they want to make to their town board. Do we want to recommend they approve this or deny this? In this case, after six hours of deliberations, and that six hours was about an hour and a half of the developer's presentation, about an hour of the board questioning the developer with their concerns, or the plan commission questioning them, 
another two hours of opponent testimony, and then some more discussion, and finally a vote. They voted unanimously to recommend that the town board deny the permit. And what they're looking for is a conditional use permit. The town board also does not make a binding decision on this. They make a recommendation to the Door County Resource Planning Commission. And the Resource Planning Committee makes the ultimate decision up or down. Um, So neither of these first two decisions are going to be binding. I saw a lot of talk, a lot of people post yesterday, oh, the permit's denied, it's over. And I was clarifying in a couple spots, like, no, it's they're recommending it's denied. It's a long way from over. Generally, the town board will follow the advice of a plan commission in a situation like this. Not always. The county, like the town board's recommendation carries weight, but they have to follow like whether or not this application meets the zoning code. And to deny it, if it meets all the sections of the zoning code, is really hard to do and opens yourself up to legal trouble if you say right. no, but it, it met all the requirements set out by your code. So it's going to be interesting what happens. That property has been zoned recreation commercial for somewhere between 40 and 50 years. So it's not new. And as uh, Pete Hurth, one of the representatives for the developer, said, this should not come as a surprise to anyone that somebody would propose some sort of development here. It's always been zoned this way. It was zoned this way before most of the neighboring properties were built. Whether they thought it would ever get developed or whether they thought it would get it developed to that intensity, maybe not. But it's not like asking for, they're not asking for it to be rezoned. So that's one key point that the developers have going for it. There are some questions about whether they've gotten enough. They don't have the, the reason that the, the plan commission recommended denying it, because they don't have the stormwater permits yet. There's like some holes in their stormwater plan because the DNR has asked for more studies, geological studies. So that's, you know, what the plan commission said. And uh, Jim Nellen spoke a lot about this. He's like, you've put us in a tough spot because you haven't given us all the information to make a, a recommendation to approve this. So we almost can't, since we don't have that information in front of us, we can't recommend that somebody approve it. So we almost have to say no. That's kind of where it came down the other night. Interesting. What do you see as kind of the next steps for this? Do you do you feel that the opponents for this issue are going to feel satisfied by this and kind of quiet down? Or do you feel like they're going to be uh, fired up more to continue to rally against it in its next steps? Well, they have a very good communication apparatus. Um, they had 23 people, I believe 23, spoke against the development at the meeting the other night. Nobody spoke in favor of it. They, there were no supporters there. I don't, I I can't see them dying down, although some people might think based on what was spreading around social media that, oh, this is done. I don't have to worry about it anymore. But it's a long way from done. I would not be shocked if this ended up in in court at some point. If the county denies it, I could see the developers appealing that decision and fighting pretty hard. If they approve it, I could see the the opponents going to court to fight it. The sides are, are seem pretty entrenched. And what the development is, is a, you know, it's 117 sites, each of them with the ability to build a, a home of about 1,200 square foot footprint that would be, could be two stories, so 2,400 square feet, but also a spot where they could park a Class A motor coach, which, if you don't know what that is, it's generally like, think of a tour bus for a major touring band that comes to the Door Community Auditorium. Right. It's that kind of motor coach, not just like a pull-behind camper kind of thing. Um, 
So it's pretty large. That's a lot of water use. That's a lot of wastewater. That's uh, a lot of impervious surface. And let's be honest, it's it's a RV park in front of a lot of houses that are very large that had a really nice view over the quarry before. You can argue whether or not the quarry was very pretty, but um, I, you know it's a lot of people protecting their backyard to a great extent. Um, what was interesting is they talked a lot about character, like, well, does this fit the character of the neighborhood? And it doesn't, you know, they, there's not another RV park around. But if you went back 30 years, you know, a 4,000 square foot home didn't fit the character of that neighborhood either. Sure, the character <laughs> so, was created over so, time. And, and farther up the road, a, you know, a condominium development didn't fit the character of the neighborhood. And at one time, Chateau Hutter didn't fit the character of the neighborhood. So you, it, it, what's your point to pick of what, where the character of that area is defined? I think that's one of the discussion points as well. Traffic impacts, I don't think of as quite as valid. You know, it's not like people are going to bring a motor coach like that and come and go throughout the day in that thing. They come up, they hitch it, they park it. And then it sits there for most of the season in in most cases. So it's not like you're going to see 117 motor coaches coming and going to get groceries. You are going to see the the other vehicles that they bring up when they come up to their motor coach. Right. But, you know, the water stuff, there's tons of legitimacy to that concern. And, you know, I, I think there's a lot to the, the blasting and what's going to happen to that area while it's under construction is, is I, I, if I were a neighbor, I'd be really worried about that too. And I'd want more assurances from them. They didn't have, the, the developers didn't come in with a, hey, here's how we're going to blast and here's how we're going to control dust and here's how we're going to assure neighbors that their property is going to be safe. Instead, the developers came in and said, well, that will be a third-party contractor that does that, and they're responsible to make sure all that stuff's covered. That wouldn't make me feel very good as a neighbor. Sure. I thought that's probably a big error. Like, if if I were building something massive next to your house, and I just said, well, uh, th- that guy's got it. He's cool with it. I have no idea how it's going to be taken care of, but that guy, he says it's covered. Like, that wouldn't make you feel good. Right. You know, what's interesting about this whole situation is uh, we've talked a lot about new developments on the podcast and about the community backlash when appropriate. This time around, it feels like there is a lot of different concerns that add to the legitimacy of the opposing, of the opposition, right? So it's not just like, I don't like this idea, not in my backyard, this is in Door County. It's not those arguments. There's more uh, constructive arguments to be had about like, what does this actually mean for the people who live in this community, right? Yeah. So in that way, it's an interesting thing to talk about, and I, I think it, it's one worth really talking about uh, because it's not just, you know, jumping on Facebook and saying, I don't want this to change. It's like, hey, if this changes, what is that going to mean for us? And I think that that is a much more constructive argument to have. Yeah, uh, and there's, when you look at the water quality concerns countywide, especially in with the karst topography and how one neighbor's handling of water really impacts the other neighbors, you know, like I, ha- I live next to an orchard. I have a pretty intense water filtration system at my house. I also bought right there. I, I knew that was a possibility when I did it. Yeah. And there's a lot of people in that boat. So the next up, this goes to the town board. And then it goes to the county board, I think, within like three weeks after that. As long as there's no major hiccups, the developers may come back with some answers to some of those questions by the time it goes to the town board. And, and the town board can come back with a totally different decision. So... I, I would say this is far from over. I would say you'll probably see more effort by the opposition before this, before the it gets to the county level, than see it die down. Right. Um, 
And I've probably got a couple more very long meetings to uh, attend. Well, I, I don't envy you in that respect, but I do look forward to seeing how this shakes up. Uh, it seems like we've got kind of a long road ahead of us for this story, but it, it, it's definitely something that is worth keeping an eye on. Miles, thank you so much for chatting with me this week, and I look forward to chatting with you again soon. Yeah, thank you, Andrew. These stories and more will be available in this week's issue of the Peninsula Pulse, available throughout Door County. For more headlines, visit doorcountypulse.com. Don't forget to subscribe to the Door County Pulse podcast for your weekly Pulse picks, interviews, and exclusive content from the Peninsula Pulse. Thank you for listening. We'll see you next week.